Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. I am Dustin Dubuque. And I'm John Hanson. And we're back on a gloomy day in Wisconsin. Um, so we were talking about movie news and there's not a whole bunch. Unless, I guess, you're a huge Star Wars fan, then there's a lot. Um, so I kind of had, and I hadn't talked to, uh, to John about this, so I had kind of been inundated with this because I was in Chicago this last weekend. Oh, right. While, this, for... while the, the Star Wars celebration was going on because I went and saw yeah. the movie trivia Schmodown Live, mm-hmm. which is this uh, really quick online YouTube show um, where it's mixed movie trivia and pro wrestling. That's pretty much what it is. And they did this big live show down in Chicago for the first time. And the reason why they have to is because they have a Star Wars league. And uh, since Star Wars Celebration was down there, why not have a Star Wars match? And uh, so they sold out a theater of about a thousand people, which I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty good for what this is. You know, they sold out a couple hundred, like three, four hundred theaters in like New York and L.A., you know. And then I, you know, got to the show and realized why. Them Star Wars people don't care what it is, but if it's Star Wars related, they're going. And my first thought was when I went, if this was not Star Wars Celebration Weekend and Star Wars wasn't involved, they don't sell out a thousand people. They might pull 500, mm-hmm. not a thousand. Because I think there's more straight Star Wars fans that were going for Star Wars than. I mean, there's a lot of movie trivia show on fans, but I bet you it was 50 50 split. It's a Star Wars trivia show. And do the, does the audience get to interact at all? Uh, like with the, like, how do you mean? Like answering at all? You're right. No. It's just no. the professionals. It's just there. the professionals up there. Yeah. So you're there to view the yeah, it's guys like what, that know It's like a sporting stuff. event. Yeah. You know, you're there to watch people play football. You can't really interact, but yeah. Right. Um, but it, it's still fun. So they you know, they get to express their deep knowledge of Star Wars. And right. The fans are there to be impressed. Correct. Well, because the, the, the two people that did the Star Wars, the guy who has the belt, who, who won, um, he uh, he has a Star Wars show. I think it's like um, I'd have to remember the name of it, um, but I only know it from the Schmodown. But I've looked it up a little bit. Um, the guy who was the expert on this show, the Schmodown, admitted that he watches this guy's show because this guy's smarter than he is, and he is definitely so they so they went back and forth. The whole say there's 50 questions. There was one missed question the entire time. How many Which different we, contestants are on the show? Uh, for this one, it was yeah. just one on one. Oh, just the two guys. Yeah, they did a, at Star Wars Celebration. They did five a five way between five Star Wars people, and the guy mm-hmm. who won that got to go and play this the champion. Okay. That's how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're at, so if people are at Star- Celebration, they could go. And I heard they sold out a huge room for it. You know, because of course Star Wars fans like Star Wars trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is only movie trivia. The guy who is the champion in the in this does the the broad trivia comics books, video games, sure. and he doesn't win those because they get so in detail. Mm-hmm. But he, he's, he's well known for knowing the movies. Like, And he didn't miss a question. And the one question that one missed, he stole. So he got... So there was only one. It's crazy. And some of you know, like, the audience even like laughs at the questions because they're so detailed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to know like how many starfighters were on this scene in Return of the Jedi when they were you know flying out of this port or this planet how many starfighters followed them like those are the and i almost think that's too broad for some of the questions i heard so 
But yeah, it was. If you've seen the films enough times, he's probably got it all in his mind. He can play it back. And that's what he's. I'm pretty sure that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's seen them so many times that he literally can scene by scene them. And uh, plus, if he knows he's going to be doing trivia, he's paying attention to the details. Right. What and that's col- what color their shoes are, just in case somebody asks. Right. And that's the part of the show that's. And again, I don't not promoting the show, even though I do love it. Um, that has become good in the last couple of years. I sent I sent John uh, random videos when I think it's really good, and. Uh, He'll usually watch them. And the people, because some of these people are taking it so seriously now, because they're definitely looking at it like a sport. Like, if you watched the show four years ago, some of the stuff was good, but some of it was really goofy, because it's just people, you know, messing around. But now you get to the point where I've seen people, like, upload their uh, their study habits, and they have binders, and binders of IMDb print-offs and stuff, and they're just memorizing like crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this, I, I, did, I think I sent you that one, did you watch that one? I said to the last one was like the guy and the girl for the inner the the geekdom stuff. Did you watch that one where it came down to sudden death? Uh, I probably watched part of it. I don't know. The ending's interesting there. because the last uh, it was a Star Wars question, I think, and it was uh, or it was Star Trek, and it was asking for the name of one of the ships, like a really really rare one, and it mm-hmm. was the guy put Project Nin- Ninka, and it was Project Ninko. And he wrote it in his binder wrong. He admitted uh-huh. he had the entire thing memorized. He knew exactly what it was off the memorization he had, but he put an A and not an O, and he lost because of the. And she got it right. Um, but that's just how they're memorizing. He's like, I. He's like, yeah, I've watched it. I don't know what this is, but I've memorized it because I wrote it down, and yeah. it's funny. So, but yeah, so going off that, <clears throat> this was in the middle of Star Wars celebration. So I think the day before I got down there, they they released the big, the trailer, which was the. Topic of conversations with the people I was around was the new Star Wars Episode Nine trailer. Yeah, I did not watch it because, as John and I have talked about, and I've said a lot of times, I do not need to see this. I just don't. But I think you watched it, correct? I did. Okay. Yeah. It makes more sense for you to totally watch it. I mean, you're definitely in that realm. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people are excited for it, and um. I think the the big talking point that most people bring up is that Denver Palpatine is coming back. And um, I think for the first time ever, I'm not excited for a Star Wars movie. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I think part of it is I got a little burned on the last couple. Uh, Episode 8, didn't really care for. Um, Then they followed that up a couple months later with Solo. Didn't really care for it. And now we got another one, and I'm just like, I feel like they're really starting to crank them out. You know, Star Wars used to be something that, you know, you'd get one every so many years. You know, you get a trilogy every decade or whatever. And now it's like we're getting one every, like, eight months, it seems like. Right. And the last couple weren't that good. I saw the trailer for this one, and I just kind of went, it looks like Star Wars. I mean, you know, there's Rey. She's got a lightsaber. There's some flying ships. I don't know. I didn't see anything in the trailer that was exciting to me. And I think it's just because I got burned on the last couple. But um, Palpatine coming back, I mean, I guess I like, I guess I let I like the idea of seeing him again, but I don't like the idea of bringing back characters that have been dead. I like movies where there's consequences, and when you kill a character, they should stay dead. But this is a typical sci-fi trope to bring back a popular character that's been killed off. Right. And I, I think that's what's not interesting to me about it. And didn't it feel the same... Uh, and again, I, so that's what I know. I, I obviously couldn't, you couldn't get away from the fact that, that, you know, the Palpatine part, you know, come mm-hmm. back. 
And you know, it was thrown at the end of the trailer, right? Like, yeah, all you, hear, you hear is laugh over the end of the trailer, but it's clearly him. And it, the first thought I had was, that's the, the solo trailer. They showed solo, and what was the last two seconds? Chewie. Mm-hmm. And, and granted, Chewie's been in all of them, and he's not—he's not necessarily a comeback. And you—you, you, I think going into Solo, you're not shocked Chewie's in it. But it's right. still funny. Like that's the part everyone's like, "There's Chewie at the end." I'm like, "That's so easy." You're like, you kind of just threw it in there just to get people talking, which is fine. That's probably the point. But yeah, I just—I don't know. For me, this—it feels like some of the heart is gone from Star Wars. For me, it is. I'm not—I'm not as excited as I used to be. And I think because we're getting so much of it, that's part of it. Um, and you know, there's TV series as well, cartoons and things, and on the Disney streaming service, they're going to be doing one, and it just it's like it's just so much of it now. And to bring back Palpatine because he was a popular character, it's it just feels like fan service. It's like, hey, remember this character that everyone liked or whatever? Bringing him back, and it's like, why? And and even though I read a little bit, I did read because again, I just don't need it. I'm going to see it either way. Um, but I, the little bit I did read was like, this is a story all about Ray. Like that's the focus. Well, why wouldn't it be? I mean, that's kind of what you've built up to. Mm-hmm. So everybody's getting excited for this part. You don't, it could be almost nothing. You know, I mean, I, I'd love to know the movie people are now making in their minds of what they're going to expect, you know? Cause again, the little bit of the trailer I didn't see, cause you know, randomly clips show up and, but I never watched it front to back. It looked just, you, you texted me. You're like, Looks like Star Wars. That's what it looked like to me. And, and the, you know, I, I saw the Starfighters. I saw Ray. I, I saw the part phrase with the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a part? I saw somebody comment that, like, C3PO or R2D2 is, like, fighting or something in it. Was that in there? I don't remember. Oh, maybe that was just a that, comment. Um, either way. They do got Carrie Fisher in there. Um, you know. It just feels like. It just feels like fan service. It's like, hey, we know you like these characters. We're going to crank out another movie with them in it, and you're going to pay to see it. Well, and wasn't that what Force Awakens was... Like, I was fine with... I had a great time in Force Awakens. And even though I thought that's what they were doing... I, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that's what they were doing. Here's a bunch of characters. Have some fun. And mm-hmm. I completely defend that, because I was like, you know what? That's kind of what they did. They didn't give us too much new. I mean, they gave us some new characters, but, I mean, they were really hitting hard the old stuff. Mm-hmm. But I had a blast in Force Awakens. I was like, this is fun. I'm enjoying myself. I don't care if they're literally... Dead. But then the fact that, to me, it was, okay, that's done. We got it. And then they still, Solo especially, they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. It's like this... No, so Force Weekend... Solo, Solo didn't need to be made at all. That was solely right. cash grab. Um, but, I don't know. J.J. Abrams is involved with this one. So, that, that I'm interested in. I know I'll see it. And they know we'll all pay to see it because it's Star Wars, but... I'm just getting a little worried that they're starting to really milk it, and I think it's it's getting it's becoming something I don't I'm not as excited about, and I don't as appreciate as much as I used to. You know, when you were a kid, and there was only a couple films, and it was a big deal when a new one came out. You know, but now it just seems like they're cranking them out, and I didn't really see anything in this trailer that that got me excited. Yeah, it just looked like the other ones. It looked a lot like the last two. It looked like the same trailer. Well, and this goes back to what I, I think I said on this pod, you know, maybe a couple months ago, because we kind of harp on this once in a while, is if this is what you're going to show us, which is nothing besides the laugh, mm-hmm. why even show any of it? Just show the title card. they got to sell you something. What? Star Wars. That's the hook. Episode you know? 9. Is there, or whatever, you know. It's, it gets people talking, though. and you know. <sighs> But see, for like I said, for me, 
it's not something I'm excited about because I thought that character was dead. And I like when there's consequences and I like when there's a story that unfolds and evolves and progresses. Sure. And if you can just bring characters back that were killed off, I mean, Darth Maul, they did that with him because he was popular enough. Right. And now they're doing it with uh, Palpatine. And I'm like, I don't. Darth Maul popular strictly because he looked cool. Pretty much. I yeah. mean, if you really look at it, it's just like Boba Fett. I mean, yeah, well, they, they started cool. to elaborate on his character more with the cartoons and stuff, that, but, um, but yeah, to bring Palpatine back, it just, I don't, I don't know why other than he was a popular character, a major character, and they want to sell you yep. this again, right. you know, I'm not excited for it. You know, and I think, you know, this can segue right into our other big topic of discussion is the Disney streaming service, which we brought up, but now we finally have details. They've announced that it's happening November 12th. Mm-hmm. The Disney streaming service six ninety nine a month or seventy bucks for the year. Um, there's two parts we're going to go with this. We're going to talk about the streaming service a little bit, and then we're going to talk about how the fact that it's half the price Netflix is. Um, but first, is is you know even the Palpatine stuff is how much of it now are they just thinking about the streaming service of like, you know they see Palpatine like oh we can bring back a good character here. Guess what we can do after that? Right. The you want show. you want the Darth Maul or Darth <laughs> Darth Maul show? Right. I mean. Here you go, because you'll watch it. Mm-hmm. You know. So going a little off the Disney stuff, and we can probably keep talking about this. So the quick things is uh, Disney says the service uh, by the end of the first year, so going into the end of 2020, will have seven uh, 7,500 TV episodes and 500 movies. How does that compare to Netflix? Um, I, I would assume. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have that. I don't have that number. I'm just reading the Disney stuff. But sounds if you, like if a you lot, take a guess, right? it sounds like a lot. And I would say for Netflix, the thing is, is this is launching with that, where Netflix took 10 years to get that far, you know? Yeah. Um, they also, you know, started it. So the couple live action series that they have here is, uh, and this is, um, I don't know if you saw this, but first off, they're doing, uh, these are the main, uh, sorry, these are the main live action series they're launching with. Uh, the High School Musical series, that's right up our alley. Uh, the other one I saw was The Mandalorian. Right, that's a that. Star Wars. Star Wars. That's a Star Wars show. Yeah. Um. um the only one I'm just going to go on. The Mandalorians were a race of, of like warriors. Okay. In uh, the Star Wars universe, and Boba Fett wear, wears Mandalorian armor. Got it. Yeah, that's the only thing I knew. That was about as far as I knew. Supposedly, I guess he killed a Mandalorian and took his armor or something, yeah. and that's that's how how badass he is. So we're gonna I don't get, know. So you're going to get Boba Fett. And this is what you're saying. I don't know. Um. But they did. They did announce that year one they are launching uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a show. That's one show. One with both, show with both of them. I don't. I don't know what that's going to be all about. They're kind of supporting characters, but yeah. You know, and they did. You know, it's funny. In this, they have not. And then year two, they announced the Loki show, uh, the, the Loki yeah. series. And there's supposed to be a Hawkeye show. Coming. Yeah, and but in this, they said in the first two years. So this is first two years is all this covers. There's no Hawkeye or. Uh, Scarlet Witch, even though they've announced both of them. Mm-hmm. So those must be, you know, a few years down the road. Um, the only other things I'll speak about quick on here is, you know, I mean, they, they announced some documentaries, original documentaries. One of them, like a couple Marvel-related ones. Um, like what? Stanley? Uh, uh, this is all, yeah. Marvel's Hero Project. Um, Ma- Marvel's 616. That's just the titles. That's all I got. Um, and then some original movies. Uh, apparently, they're redoing Lady and the Tramp. As a live action. It must be. I mean, that's what they're getting into now. Right. But that's le- launching the day of. That's going to be probably their big uh, their big launch. 
and then some other ones I don't know. And then they, they, they show the whole library. Um, and they, they do say, yeah, that um, when it starts, Lion King will be on there, Frozen 2, Toy Story 4, Aladdin, Avengers, Endgame. So all the new ones this year will all be there right when it launches, mm -hmm. which is pretty good. And then they have the whole library of everything that they do and stuff. So that's, you know, interesting for half I'm, the price. And I'm you, sure they'll do well with it. I'm sure. I mean, they have, A, they're hitting, they have the kids market. Disney mm -hmm. has all the best kids shows and kids movies. Yeah. I mean, how easy is that? I mean... That's, that's well, then you add right Star there. Wars and Marvel into it too. I mean, I mean, what more do you need? Right. So, but for like seven bucks a month, though. But again, how long does that stay? How long does it actually stay seven dollars a month? You know, we need to talk about this. I mean, Disney is what worth how many bajillion dollars? Mm -hmm. I mean, how much do they really need to upcharge you for this? Like, you know. Plus, they own this stuff. Mm -hmm. Unlike Netflix, who owns their stuff, but their stuff is not Marvel or Star Wars. You know, they don't have stuff that's so humongous. Right. Or, you know, they own Orange is the New Black, which is, you know, a popular show, but it's not huge. So, mm -hmm. crazy. So, that's another streaming service they get to pay for. All right. So, probably have a shorter week this week, but the one movie we did see together was last night. We went and saw the new Hellboy. Mm hmm. The uh, very rated R, no Guillermo del Toro, Ron Perlman, Hellboy. Since uh, I don't like to use your word of sci-fi nonsense, um, I'll let you describe all that was going on in this movie. Because I sat there, blank stared at everything they were talking about. Because they were really going for a bunch of random conversations that I wasn't into. So I'll let you, I'll let you take this one. Well, basically, uh, Hellboy is this demon... From hell that uh, was summoned by the Nazis back uh, back in the 40s, and he grew up uh, as a as a demon. But he 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 doesn't want to be a demon; he'd rather be a hero. So he's cut off his horns, and he's trying to be uh, you know more of a hero type. And he's working with an organization called the Bureau, the BPRD, Bureau for Paranormal Research and Development, or something like that. That sounds right. Um, and they basically hunt down, uh, you know, demons or whatever, whatever paranormal things are causing problems for the world. And uh, at the beginning of this movie, we're introduced to a character played by Mila Jovovich, who back during the black, the black, black ages or whatever the dark black ages. Lives, dark ages, um, was was killed and they, they cut her up into pieces and sealed her, uh, sealed her body parts in different containers. Cause they want to make sure she would stay dead. She was like some sort of supernatural witch or whatever. And so Merlin and, uh, Sir Lancelot, right? Is that right? Is I, that, I think it was Merlin and Sir Lancelot. Is that what it was? Okay. Chopped her up. Sure. They, yeah, they chopped her up and they, it was too ludicrous. I was like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. Just started off nuts. You already were checked out. I was checking out pretty quick. Like that that's whole the, that's the opening scene. That scene was like, I was like, this is nuts. Oh, I'm like, this is absolute <laughs> nuts. Oh, I'm like, this is. I mean, I get it. It's Hellboy. It's it, it's way different. I'm fine with that. But like that, I was just like, this is bonkers. Like this is quite the setup. That it makes. I, I get it going forward. But man, that first, I was just like, this is crazy. 
This is crazy. Well, it kind of is. I mean, that's that's kind of what Hellboy is. It's a little off the wall. Um, I mean, he looks kind of crazy, and we'll get into that. I'll the, let you first talk about the movie. Yeah, the, I want to talk about how he looks. The, the monsters and stuff he fights are all pretty. It's all uh, very imaginative stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, it's now the the modern times. Hellboy is involved with these different uh, different uh, paranormal cases where he goes and has to take take down evil demons and whatnot. There's a great sequence towards the beginning where he is going after this this guy who used to be an agent on the BPRD, but it's been turned into a vampire. And he's wrestling in Mexico as like a luchador. And Hellboy goes down there to basically bring him in because he's a vampire now. And they have a big fight. And I thought that scene was pretty fun. Sure. It was okay. What? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know I, if you were expecting. You I, went to a movie called Hellboy. I've seen the other two, though. Okay. This is not like those two. It is. It's a little different. Quite tone. different. The different tone, tone is hugely different, which is fine. It's a different movie. It, it's a different spin. But I, these are all based on a comic book. Um, I I know this movie's getting bad reviews from critics. Very bad. It's like fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I I don't know what people are looking for here. I think it's. I think it is what they advertised. I think it had it just had, because it is what they advertised me. It's good. I think, well, if, if it's, if you're, if, if it's, if it's something that you're seeing that doesn't interest you, but this does interest me. So you liked what was advertised. I like it. I like the first two Hellboys. Okay. Well, so I already have a preconceived no. I already have a preconceived notion. I'm not going into a new movie. I'm not well, going into a movie I've never heard of before. I'm I going in with totally a, fair. This is a new. This is a new take. It's a new creative. Team. I can't. I can't erase my memory though. It is there. It's like a. It's like a reboot. Yeah, and that's fine. Okay. It's based on the comic. I felt. Um, I I thought there was a lot of good humorous parts in it. I thought a lot of the dialogue was very funny. I mean, I was laughing at, at various parts of the movie. I thought some of the action was very well done. The monsters that he fought were pretty creative. Um, there's a great sequence I enjoyed where he fought these three giants. I mean, we're that, talking that giant scene's super fun. Yeah, and it, it, you know what it reminded me of is it if you've played the new God Award video game, okay, the cinematic scenes in that. Sure, this felt like that. I mean, Hellboy is he's almost indestructible. He can kind of be thrown and. And um, he doesn't really break that easily. He's kind of a big, you know, tough. He's a supernatural creature. Sure. And he's fighting these three giants that are probably 30 feet high each or whatever. And um, it was, I thought it was a great sequence. Yeah, it was. Between that and the vampire sequence with the luchador wrestler. Sure. um, The humor that was sprinkled throughout that really worked for me. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say this is my favorite movie. Right. That's fine. But... I found it enjoyable, and for me, I think I think it delivered what they were trying to do. It's a offbeat, comic booky um, action comedy, and I thought it I thought it was good. I think it I think if you go into it with realistic expectations, it's an enjoyable movie. Okay, yeah, that's fine. It's not that funny. I didn't laugh much at all. I did. I mean, his little quick quips are not, I, I don't think they're that interesting. I'm just like, he's like just throwing them in. Half the time, you can't understand what he said. There's two or three that I was like, I don't even know what he said. But well, like, because he says it so far under his breath, because it's Hellboy and he has to have a deep voice. I understood everything he said. I, was, think, I think you checked out early. And I checked out pretty you decided early. decided you just weren't going to enjoy the movie. I, I checked out pretty early. I, I didn't like the opening. I, I went in excited because I, I like Hellboy. I really do. 
I don't think you went in excited. I, when I, t- I, when I invited you to the movie, you were like, you didn't even know if you wanted to go. I was. That wasn't about the movie. That was about just being tired. That was it. Um, no, it wasn't about the. I wanted to see. I, if I didn't want to see the movie, I wouldn't. I would not have went. I would not have went at nine forty. I felt like you weren't real enthused. I, I, well, either way, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I've went into movies before where I've been like, okay, don't need to sign, and then I come up good. Um, yeah, no, it's it, to me, it wasn't that funny. Um, I don't. I, I did check out early because I thought the first fifteen minutes were kind of stupid. I'm like, I didn't like that opening scene with the Mila Djokovic. I didn't like the opening wrestling scene. But that was kind of dumb too. Um, it, it, he, he wasn't. Fun. You know, the other thing is. And I really do like the first two. And I get it, it's its own reboot and all this stuff, and we can go on all day about that, but to pretend they didn't exist is just can't happen. Um, I did love the beast scene, or the, the giant scene. That is okay. so fun. Yeah. I mean, that's a scene that I, you know, I've, in three years, if you mentioned this movie to me, that's probably a scene I'll remember, because it was fun. Um, I felt there was a number of really well-imagined creatures in the film. The vampire, the, the there's like a pig man, the pig man was cool. Yeah, there, there's a number of, you know, it's... it's Maybe think of Duke Nukem the whole time. <laughs> like, put on a cop outfit. <laughs> like, that's all I thought about. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like the monsters. But the exposition, stuff. what they're talking about is so much of nothing. There's so much going on that they're, like, they're creating this atmosphere in this universe, you know. And, and man, I was just like, you guys are just talking. I don't know. And, you know, they still pull stuff from the... You know, I, I thought it was nice that they... uh I'll never remember the the villain from the first one is in this like as a character. The Nazi guy. Yeah, the Nazi guy. So I thought that was a neat sprinkling that they could. You they know, show him briefly when they do the flashback. Yeah, to him being and, which all felt like uh, Indiana Jones last or uh, uh, geez, the first one. Raiders of the Lost Ark in that scene. I was ready for like they literally had the guy with the top hat and the glasses. I'm like, is his face gonna melt because he looks just like that guy? I was hoping for it. I was like, that would have been cool, you know, but whatever. Um. Yeah, no, and then, like I told you when we got out of the theater, the last half hour were, I mean, I was fine. I, I wasn't into it a lot, but there was parts that sprinkled around that I was fine in. And, of course, it's super violent. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy bloody. So I think, you know, there's people out there that go to movies because they like that. And I wouldn't doubt there's, that's half the reason why some people are enjoying this movie. Is I mean, you're getting your blood your blood worth out of this. Yeah, this one's rated R, where the other Very. two were PG-13. Super rated R. And but man, and then the last half hour, I was like, "This is never ending." And you even admitted that after that yeah. you thought it stretched. It well, you know what it was was it felt like it was winding down, and then it didn't. Yeah, and it kept going. So I think it, the way they edited it, or just the way the storytelling was, they kind of made you feel like this was nearing the end, but it wasn't near the end. It so wasn't. It, it was just something with the editing or how they put it together. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get you get a feeling like the movie's almost over, and it probably goes another forty minutes. And you know, and honestly, and, and <laughs> we only talked quick after the movie because we try not to. Um, if they would have tightened that, yeah, like honestly, if they would have, they could have done that last twenty minutes in four. They really could have. They mm. stretched, and um, you know, if this movie is two hours, if this would have been at ninety minutes, mm-hmm. I probably would have got on board a lot more. Like I really felt the length. Even the goofy stuff I didn't like, I think if they would have moved it really quick, you know, um, I, I think I would have been fine with it. But the, and maybe I'm putting a little too much emphasis on the beginning. Um, but the last half hour to me, I was just like, please, end this movie. And they did that, like John just said, two to three times. I'm like, finally, roll credits. And it just kept going. And I'm yeah. like, 
And then you start to think, like, what else do they need to hit? And you're like, oh, gosh, please. Um, but the one thing you did say after the thing that you liked is the characters. And so did I. I actually like the side characters as much as I like Telba. I liked I like Sasha Lane, the actress um, who plays uh, the the which the Alice. witch. Yeah, I'll look up. I think her name is Alice. Is that Alice? She I like her as an actress anyway. Um, I liked her character. Um, and then uh, I'm not thinking. And Ian McShane. I like Ian McShane a lot. Plays mm-hmm. his dad. You know, they do that same type of story like they did in the first Hellboy. You know. Um, because that's, I think, his origin really is. That's kind of the whole point is he gets adopted and his, yeah. he does the stuff and his, you know he learns about what his dad did and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was kind of done the, you know, the original too. Um, yeah, other than that, it's just is yeah, I wasn't I wasn't into it. And, and the blood and guts and the blood and gore didn't get me either. By the end, it was like they had that scene of when the stuff was happening on Earth, like and all the demons were coming, and just destroying and murdering everyone. <laughs> it was literally just a way. To, Doing a lot of violence. I mean, it really was. I'm like, sure. But I thought that was fun. Sure. For, for you know, for what this film was trying to do, I think it. I think it. Uh, I think it did what it was trying to do. It gives you some violence. It gives you some humor. Thomas Hayden Church, funny. Oh yeah. Thomas oh my Hayden god. Church playing so what great. is this character? Uh, it's a bit of a spoiler. lobster. Yeah. Is, is it? It's. It's. He shows up pretty early. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's a character from the comic. Oh, so. is that it? Yeah. I don't know anything about that. But the the two he the played, two, or two yeah. sequences. <laughs> Were fun. Those were probably the funniest parts of the movie. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he yeah he plays Lobster Johnson, who's basically like a superhero, but back during World War Two. Funny. He's got a claw for a logo, <laughs> and he burns it into the bad guy's yeah forehead, so that uh, when you get to hell, they know who sent you. That was cool. <laughs> I laughed. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it's funny. Yeah, and Hellboy looks up to him like it's like a yeah, yeah. it's cool. And it, you know, it takes you like the first half to realize it's it's, it's him. And I, I thinking, knew who it was, I just couldn't think of his name. Yeah, and but, it took me a bit. I'm like, I hear the voice, I'm like, it's distinct, and then they get the close-up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I like that. That was fun, too. But yeah, no, it was... So, I mean, now that, you know, it was pretty inventive. I don't know. It depends on how much I think you you really do, and maybe this is me personally, of how much you like the, the first two. I think if you thought the first two were fine, and you had, you know, you didn't like them, like, above average... You know, you you might slide into this and see something different here that you like. I really do like the first two Hellboys. I really do. So to have a change, you know, it, to it, me, it I, is I, I'm not judging this one based on the other two. I did enjoy the other two, especially the second one. I, I, and that, when that's when you talk about like the inventiveness of this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second one is just the coolest. There's so much. The cool second one's probably my favorite imagery, out of all three, for sure. But I'm able to enjoy this one as a separate entity. Sure, and I think it's fine. Um, I would I would recommend it, especially if you're a Hellboy fan. If you know the comic and you know the characters, a lot of the stuff that I think Dustin found uninteresting was stuff that was references to the comic, and I think it was there for the fans. And and again, that's where know, I and that's where I just say, well, I don't have to read the comic to watch the movie. So if right. I need well, this, this is a, this is a movie that I think drew from the comic and had a lot of stuff for the fan. Um, for the fans, and it, so if you go in as a Hellboy fan, you know the comic, you know okay. the characters. I think you'll get more enjoyment out of it than the average, the average moviegoer. Sure, and I'll but, give you that, and that's that's possibly true. John can speak on that, and I can't. But of the hundred percent of people, like the people that are going to go, how many have never read a Hellboy comic? Probably a lot of them. Probably but, a lot. You know, the, the, what I'm doing is I'm saying this movie is good for what it is. It's a Hellboy movie based on the Hellboy comic. For the Hellboy fans. Sure. That's good. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, yeah, I can't dispute that if that's if that's the if that's the critique. So then, if it's me, not a I'm a Hellboy movie fan, not a Hellboy comic fan, because I know. Well, this is a reboot, so if you like the first two, you don't have to like the third one. Then that's just this not. Is, this is a little different. A, but. Bit, a lot different. You know, the other thing I I, I really had troubles getting over. Um, and it's and, you know this is personal and that's fine. That's why we have this is. In the in the in the first two, you know, Ron Perlman's Hellboy is very polished. You know, Guillermo del Toro is kind of a polished. In this one, he's really gritty and mm-hmm. ugly and beat up. Mm-hmm. Man, it was hard for me to get past that. And again, that's association in my brain of the original. You know, of the first two. Man, it, it was like God. This guy's so ugly. <laughs> the whole time, I, I like I like how the hor- I liked how the horns were, like, not good looking. Yeah. You know, he didn't grind them to perfection. They looked like he just ripped them off and kind of. Filed them down, you know. I thought that was a neat aesthetic. Yeah, and he had little scars and things on his face and on his yeah. body because I mean, hairy, he's, really hairy. He's a, he's a guy that's been fighting these big monsters right. and things, so he's, you know, he's he's been through it. So it's it's good that he had some some marks to show that. Sure. Um, I liked how he looked. I thought I thought he looked pretty pretty good. I thought the yeah. makeup was pretty convincing. I thought so. So I mean, for me, I think it's a fine movie. I don't sure. If you don't like it, maybe it's just not for you. But I don't know what you're expecting going into a movie called Hellboy. I think they advertised it appropriately. It's got some humor. It's got some action. It's got some monsters. It's got some blood and violence. And if those sound like things that appeal to you, I think it's I think it's fine. And I think if you're a Hellboy fan and know the comic, you get even more appreciation out of it. I think it's fine. I give it a B. It's good. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Uh, I would I, again. I, I like Hellboy. I like monsters and blood and stuff, but. I still, you know, even if you break it down to just the dialogue, I did not care what these people were talking about or what they were saying or what was going on. It all was not, it talked about, not, to me, it was the most nonsense we've, a movie we've talked about since we've started this 20-some episodes ago. Well, it's... It's, it's just it's pure not, nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's trying to be, though. It's it's quirky. So wait, so in other movies when you say it's sci-fi nonsense, but it's trying to be sci-fi, but this one... No, no, no. Okay. Some movies are trying to be taken seriously and okay. they're talking about nonsense. This one, I think, is deliberately quirky and weird and it's kind of fun to see all these oddball elements and how they bring them together yeah but the last the last half hour does not is not goofy and weird and different it is trying to there be was humor. serious the humor i thought stayed consistent it was it was sprinkled throughout the whole film sure but the ending isn't played like that though and i don't think the last 30 minutes are played like the first hour hour and a half it's not as goofy anymore it's dark and it's hitting the point of the plot Gosh, if they, you know, honestly, if now I look back, now that we're talking about it, I think if they if they would have tightened up that ending, edited it a little bit better, and shortened it to ninety minutes, I probably would have had a lot more fun. I really probably would have. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Green to disagree. Um, yeah, I say don't. You don't need to see this. It's fine. Um, you, you'll you live without. Trailer, but again, I think if, if you I'll see give, a trailer and you think it looks appealing, go in. So is that what you say? To, is that what you say to every movie then? If, if somebody sees mm-hmm. the trailer, thinks it's appealing, then they they then they are able to go. No, I wouldn't say that about every film. Some okay. movies don't live up to their trailer. I think this I one is. Think. I think this one is appropriately advertised. I okay. think it, sure. I think they. I think they delivered what they aimed to, and it might not be for everybody. And I don't think it's the best movie ever made. No, I don't I, think. It's, I'm not saying you're saying that either. I don't think they were trying to though. They just made a fun movie. Sure. Sure. That's fine. Um. Okay. Uh, what else did you see? I know we've had a light week this week. I guess I'll start. Uh, the movie I watched that I was 
me and John, we like documentaries and such. Did you watch uh, The Legend of Cocaine Island on Netflix? No. So, it's a, uh, it's a Netflix doc. It's shot a lot like the Fire Festival doc. Um, you know, really good looking. They, you know, and it's a, uh, and I read the description and I went, I'm going to watch this because I think, I think John will like this because this kind of hits up our alleys and it's, it's the true story about a, um, a story about cocaine that was on, buried on this island in Puerto Rico. And there's this, there's this gentleman who, who said he found this cocaine floating in the river or floating in the water and he saw it and he's like, he didn't know what to do with it. So he moved it from place to place to place. And finally, one day he decided, I'm just going to bury it and leave it forever. Because he, it's Puerto Rico. He didn't want to take it to the cops because you never know what's going to happen after that. You know, So he was nervous. So he's like, all right, I'm just... So this is a what do you mean you don't know what's going to happen if you take it to the cops? Well, it was Puerto Rico at the time in which I think he buried the stuff. They didn't really give a time frame, which I didn't really like. That's why I'm going to get into that. What well, um, do you think they would have arrested him for? Yes, because there's a huge drug problem on the, on the island. But he goes and he says, hey, I found this. I'd so, like you to have it. It doesn't matter. They're he was, put him in jail. he was afraid of that. Yeah, he was afraid that they would wonder why he had it, where it came from, and because the cops he even. That seems like pretty crappy. It happens, man. Uh, so here he's trying to he's trying to give evidence, and they're going to put him away. He, he he lives there, so he must have reasons why he wouldn't do it. Right, he so seemed he, like so he didn't trust the police. Right. right, he didn't trust the police. So now this becomes uh, on the island. This is a story. Because this guy's a loner. He's like he's the guy who walks around the island barefoot. Everybody knows who he is. Small, small. It's one of the islands on the archipelago. So, you know, and uh, and uh, so there's this man. Uh, he's from America and he's down there. Um, he's a businessman. He's a property owner and he builds stuff. He's worth a lot of money. And he starts to know the locals and he knows the story. So they start talking to people involved on this island. They're like, everybody knows the story that he had cocaine and he hid it on the island. But nobody's ever thought about it farther than that. Like, is he telling the truth? Why is he telling so so then they they follow this gentleman, and I should look up his name because I can't think of it right now. Um, who owns this business, he's worth all, quite a bit of money, and uh, he uh yeah, his name's Ant. No, that's not his name. That's another guy. But uh, he, uh, he, the recession hits. His family loses all their money. They move to Florida. They buy his plot of land and a two-car two duplex. They're talking to him. They're talking to his wife. And uh, he doesn't know how he's going to make his money anymore because he just went from uh, probably a millionaire to nothing. He's going to find that cocaine. Right. So that's what he decided to do. He's like, I know the story. What if I'm the guy who finds it, digs it up, and sells it? But the thing you learn about this guy, he's just a business owner of real estate. That's what he does. He's kind of a dummy. He doesn't have any ties to cocaine dealers. He has no ties of any of this stuff. So now he has to figure it out. He has this guy. They talk to his daughter and and stuff throughout. And there's this guy he knows named Andy. He likes him, but he's a huge drug addict. So he thinks me and him will work together. He has connections. We'll get this cocaine. Let me ask you something. The, sure. the, the footage that you're watching. Is it archive footage or is this interviews like it's interviews and recreate okay. recreation? And because I was going to say it's kind of odd that you'd have somebody following you around with a camera while you're looking for cocaine. Right. So it is. So it's recreation from the people involved, which is why the doc's kind of funky. I don't really like that when it's the person telling you the story mm -hmm. and then they're showing him recreating his steps, mm -hmm. and I'm like, and hey, he's a he's a just a normal person. He can barely even act his way walking through a door. That's a part of the documentary I don't like. Yeah. And I'm probably getting more detail of the story than I need to. So pretty much long story short, 
he gets involved with a, another person who's super sketchy. When they interview him, he only shows his eyes because he's an actual drug dealer. But he is the drug dealer involved. And they firmly believe this cocaine is there. That's what's believed. And he goes to the island twice, tries to, goes to the island once without a shovel. And they don't sell shovels on the island. And they have to turn around. That's how dumb this guy is. And that's kind of a point of the documentary. The guy's kind of an ignorant dude. He knows what he knows, but he doesn't know this. Mm -hmm. um, so they go back. They kind of meet up with now a drug dealer from there that says he can fly his own private plane in, but he wants eight kilos of whatever's there. Again, it fails. Uh, long story short, that guy talks to him and says, how about this? You give me more cocaine. I'll do all the work and bring you the money. Maybe sounds a little too good to be true, talking to a gangster who sells cocaine. Uh, so he tells the whole story, and so yep, they go dig it up, and he's like, I haven't heard from him in weeks and weeks, and all of a sudden, boom, in his email, and a picture goes through an actual photo that he still has that's archived, real photo of the cocaine. So it did exist. And eventually he goes to get his money, and lo and behold, he's an FBI agent, and this guy just got arrested for wanting to launder cocaine. That's what happened. He's a dummy. That's what the doc is. It's like this guy who wanted to make money for his family, heard the story, fell his way through all these loops to the point of, you're kind of stupid. Like, you shouldn't have done this. The guy who, the, the, the dealer that went to show his face admits that he's like, I, I'm glad he didn't get the cocaine to me. I would have killed him and taken it for myself because that's what I would have done. He admits it on camera. And he's like, good thing he got stopped. He's like... I've killed, he's like, I know people have killed people for $10,000. They suspect that this is about $2 million worth of cocaine that he had. He's like, I, I was going to kill him and take the whole thing for myself. So he admits that. So that sounds like just showing the stupidity. This all kind of sounds fun, but it's an hour and a half of kind of nothing. Like the story I told in five minutes is, it's, it's one of the documentaries that has a story they find is neat. That would have played better in 20 minutes than an hour and a half. Like it just wasn't there. And then they do the Netflix thing, because Netflix loves, you know, crime documentaries are the bread and butter, making a murder and all that type of stuff. The last 20 minutes is all about, like, did the cops plant the cocaine? Was he a pawn in the, in the FBI's game, the Secret Service's game, to, uh, you know, because they didn't bring him, you know, the picture. It's a lot of coke in that picture. But when he picked it up, he said it was like one duffel bag. So that doesn't divvy out well. So he is trying to say that they like they did all they faked it all like and that they got the you know it. So it's still out there. That's the that's how they ended. <laughs> and the ending scene, and and they hit that stuff quick. And he tries to look. He admits he's like I was dumb and I shouldn't have done this. But then he plays the victim card, and I'm like, I'm not saying that you're probably not right on probably a couple things, you know. But in the end, you were still gonna dig this cocaine up and sell it. That's what you were going to do. So you have no victim rights here. Um, the yeah. ending shot of the movie is an aerial view of the island, as close as I can get to the location, with the coordinates to where you can <laughs> dig up the maybe still there cocaine. And I'm like, that's the dumbest ending that I've ever seen. And I was just like, you know, I thought the story, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. But as the story went on, like, even before you knew the reveal, because I didn't know anything about this, because this is a true story. They show this news, him being on the news and getting arrested and stuff. They show body cam footage of conversations that the guy had with the undercover cop. Mm -hmm. And the guy's so, it's just so dumb. It's just like, and it, yeah, it's shot well, because Netflix, you know, has a lot of money to shoot documentary nights. Mm -hmm. But 
There's nothing here. It's a nothing yeah. burger. I didn't watch it. I saw that it was on there, but when I saw that it was about somebody looking for cocaine, I just thought, I, I that's not somebody I can really root for. So I'm just. Oh, and that's what it is. And, and the fact that at the end he's like wanting you to root for him. Yeah. No. But I mean, it's not like he's a he's not he is not a drug dealer. He is he is a guy who he's just an idiot. He's an idiot. Right. <laughs> well, I'm also not gonna. Yeah. Him, so. so it was fine. It yeah, was. that's why I didn't watch it. It yeah. just didn't sound like something that I. It was goofy. It was die. It wasn't worth your time. So I probably spent. I told you a story, so you don't have to watch it. Yeah. Again, it would have played off really well in a twenty-minute short. Probably, mm-hmm. I've been like, oh, that was cool. So the. Who was it exactly that was the undercover cop? How did he? He was the guy that they 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 needed somebody that had a connection to dig it up and bring some back because they, they didn't go over the border. He didn't have any way of doing that. So they needed a guy. They needed, they needed a guy to s- transport it over the border. And oh, and, and the thing guy, I left this out guy that's actually a cop. He, he was the one that was gonna. The reason why he got is the guy with the 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 mask on. The guy who was helping mm-hmm. the American drug dealer helping him mm-hmm. got caught. Uh, got pulled over about six months earlier and said. You do jail time, or else you help us find a bigger fish. And he told the cops, "Well, here's the guy who knows about coke buried in Puerto Rico." And pretty much, they talked him into giving. But he's really not the bigger fish. He's not, and that's <laughs> that's kind of the point that they're trying to put at the end of the movie, spin it a little bit. Is the, I think the, the cop, first guy is a guy that admits to committing murders or admits planning, to being, yeah, certainly planning murders, right, and actually dealing drugs. Yep. Versus a guy that's just kind of a bumbling buffoon. 100%. They admit that at the end. And I think that's where the documentary really felt flat. They spent an hour of the movie telling the story that could have been told in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just did it four. And then they threw the ending on, and that is probably the one part. They're like, that's the only guy that didn't get arrested, was, the, was that guy. <laughs> I'm like the real drug dealer. Yeah. This guy and his buddy got arrested and stuff. Like, and he admits it. He's like, I... I did, and they, they made him out to be like he was this huge kingpin. He's not. He's just a buffoon who kind of got in over his head and something that he shouldn't have even been doing. And I, so I do give the cops credit. I mean, the cop, they interview a few of the, the cops, and the cops do make him sound like he's this, you know, run and gun. I'm just like, that, that, no, he's not. He's just a dummy that wanted to make some money, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not, it's, it wasn't good. It was shot well, but and it's not worth your time, which is, it's fine. What it, what is, it is what it is. Yeah, it sounds like a bunch of characters. I wouldn't really care about any of them. So. There, you know, the one neat, the one neat character was the drug dealer friend of his that was super high the whole time, but kind of a like, not the word. Like even my wife said it too. She goes, "God, how high is that guy?" I'm like, "A lot." I mean, he's really high in this interview. But he he was kind of a neat. He was just a neat character. I'm not saying you root for him or anything, but it, he was just a neat guy. Like. I can see his allure of why this guy would hang out with him. I, I wouldn't hang out with him. But he's just a you know, just an interesting character. I'm not saying have to reform him. He was interesting. But the lead guy's so stupid. I mean you just can't you can't cross that threshold of like, gosh, you are just I mean, when they go to the island to dig up money and they don't bring shovels, I don't know what where you go from there. It's like National Lampoon's Christmas vacation, the opening scene. Right. Right. Don't bring the don't bring the the Christmas tree. Yeah. He goes to bring the axe. Right. And he just gets this sick look on his face. (laughs) The tree. I do love that. So funny. The roots are hanging out. They rip it up. I would love to know how they rip the tree. (laughs) Doesn't matter. But yeah. So. So, This guy's like the Clark Griswold of uh, cocaine deals. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about yours. If not, I can talk about the one other one I want. Go for the other one. 
I watched uh, Guava Island, uh, the, uh, uh, geez, my, my mind's not working, I mean, uh, Donald Glover movie on Amazon that you told me to, because I had the time, you and, you said, uh, and you said it was only 55 minutes long. So you I mean Childish Gambino. He, uh, he's credited as Donald Glover. Okay. Um, it's actually, you know, for, it's short, so it's, it's not a bad, it's a good little movie, really. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it is him doing Childish Gambino, they're, they're in Cuba, and what he is is he's this local musician who is on the radio. They, they, they announced that there's this little island, and it used to be a beautiful island. Some man came in and realized, oh, there's silk here, and then built a bunch of factories, and everybody works for this. He pretty much runs the island, and you can't do anything that isn't about the silk production and making of money. And it's pretty much this, it's a day in this guy's life, and he's going to put on a, a concert that night for everybody on the island. But the thing about it is if everybody goes to the concert, they don't go to work the next day because they're going to be tired. Which is a little, which is a little weak of a premise. So the the big rich guy on the island pretty much tells him, gives him ten grand, and says, "You and somebody else." He has Rihanna plays his love interest there here, um, and uh, you can get off the island, but you can't play the concert because you're not interrupting work because we have to work. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, you know where it's going. He's going to put on the concert anyway, and you know, say F you to the band. It's short. So that's like the whole story. I mean, that's, that's, that's the story. It's, it's, a, he does, you know, it's a musical. So there's his, his songs in it. The thing I realized, so I don't know anything about Childish Gambino other than that one song that he made huge, that this is America song and that he can sing and he's goofy. Um, but the other songs in it are relatively good because they fit the, the scene and what they're doing. Uh, but they play that this is America song. You did text me, is this him as a promotion of his music? I didn't feel it in the first 20 minutes. I really didn't. I was like, oh, the songs fit, and they're poignant to what's going on. Mm -hmm. But then they played that song. And I first went, it's weird seeing this song sung in, like, this factory worker that, like, and they literally swayed it, because, you know, it's, this is America or whatever, with one line of dialogue. He goes, uh, the guy was talking about how he wants to get off the island, and he goes, no, this is America. You, America's just a, an allegory. Everywhere is America. And that's all they said, just so they could play this song. I know it. Mm. And I was like, this song doesn't fit whatsoever. Yeah. I'm like, so like that point, I went, well, John was right on that one, because that song was worthless, and didn't make any sense to the rest of the scene. And they definitely threw it in there, because it was the radio song. But uh, the rest was good. I mean, if you have 55 minutes on Amazon Prime, and you like and Rihanna I can actually act a little bit. She didn't have to do a lot, but she can. Um, for for a little story, some decent music. I mean, we were talking last night about people with talent. Donald Glover has some talent. So, yeah, why not? I, I, I first got introduced to Donald Glover on the show Community. Sure. I thought it was a great ensemble comedy show. And um, he's kind of, I think he's he's popular right now. He's He's gotten into stand-up comedy and music, and he's still doing acting. So he's doing a variety of things, and people seem to enjoy him. Um, I'm not a big fan of his music. I've heard the This Is America song. But have you heard any of the rest? Uh, yeah. After, okay. Yeah. See, I hadn't up until this. I, I, After hearing This Is America, I looked for more of his music that I might enjoy, and I couldn't find any. So It's very... It's it, there's a He's definitely not going for a wide audience. And that's why I think This Is America... When you watch this, he does probably, I'd say, five songs in the whole movie. That one is way different. 
And that's when I noticed, when I learned, I'm like, ah, uh, he has a crowd for his music. This is America Works on a broader scale. A, the subject matter, and he obviously put together that music video that was super provocative. That helped sell it. Um, but that song's a little more poppy. The rest of his music is definitely more traditional to the culture he's aiming at. Yeah, I haven't found any of his music that I've enjoyed. And I've actually seen his stand-up comedy, too, which I thought I would enjoy because I enjoyed him on, it's okay. on Community. But um, I didn't care for his stand-up yeah, comedy either. I'm not, so. I'm not, I don't think he was an actor. Yeah, well, yeah, he's fine as an actor. Um, and he was fine on Community. But um, I think that show had some good writing, too. It was a big part of it. Yeah. So I'm not really a fan of his. And when I heard about this movie, Guava Island, um, it sounded like it was kind of a Donald Glover vehicle. I think I... Sure. He wrote, you know, he was head writer. He wrote it and stuff, too. Rihanna yeah. was a big part. The, the, I mean, the actors are few and far between. They all had a hand in what was going on. And I think I saw it advertised as a childish Gambino Oh, film, did they? Okay. I, I'm sure somewhere I've heard of it referred to as a Childish Gambino film, which Childish Gambino is his, his music name right. that he goes by. So I just felt like this thing is a vehicle for him and his music, and I don't, I don't care for that. Yeah, and I, and I would say, and I went into it, and it's only because I had, I wanted to watch a movie, and I didn't, and then you admitted that it was an hour, and I was like, okay, I can bust that out, and I'm like, I can talk about it here. Um, it is kind of for his music. I get it. It is his music that he's putting into it, but... It wasn't a vehicle solely for that. I give it that. I mean, there's a real movie here and in, in told in a, short, a short story here. There is. And, and it's decent. So yeah. it's got some political messages in sure. it. Which, this um, is what he's known for. Right. So that, so they wanted him to not do the concert because if everyone's enjoying themselves, then they're not right. working. Right. So what's the resolution to that? He does the concert anyway? Yeah. And the work gets done? Uh, I don't want to spoil. That, that gets too spoilery. There might be somebody people might actually want to watch this. It's short. Alright. I'll tell you off, Mike. Alright. Um Yeah. So no, it was, I mean I I didn't just and again, I, I'm not gonna judge anybody's music because I, I don't judge people's music because I just don't know. Um but it was fine for what you know a little bit to listen to. But yeah. So So the musical sequence you said he actually sings the songs in the movie. I mean it's overdubbed, but it is his music. Yeah. It's not like uh, a traditional musical where every or the extras and stuff. You know. Only on the This Is America part, yeah. Oh, the This Is America scene was a, is traditional. a full traditional scene. That's why it feels not consistent consistent for the, the film. film. Yeah. Um, but the other ones, you know, it's the first one is him just kind of like walking through the streets doing it. Um, and then there's only one later where he dances to Rihanna and sings to her, you know, mm-hmm. on the beach. Um, I mean, they're traditional, but but not super traditional. Like, oh, now we're not. But again, besides that, I've been a part where they do This Is America that doesn't fit. And then they, that is the commercial. Yeah. But it's a late commercial, you know? Like, that song's a year old and past its uh, viral fame, right? I mean. I think so. So I, I, I For me, was, it was immediately. Like I said, I didn't really care for it. I watched the video one time. Um, and again, it, 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 it's provocative. It, it's provocative in the way that the movie Us was provocative. Right. Like, it's a lot of imagery that can invoke different ideas to different people. Sure. So people are going to look for meaning in it. They're going to try to find uh, an explanation for it. And have you ever? Looked- I, I didn't. I didn't find it that provocative to me that I sure. that I that I stayed interested in. Yeah, you know, and I read a uh, somebody on Twitter wrote a huge thing about his music video, and there's a lot of stuff in there that he is definitely trying to hit a lot of things that. I mean, there's some things mm-hmm. that you would never, I would never have like, like just like she broke it down. 
to like scene by scene in the music video of like what this means and everything was pointed like even little stuff like how he was moving like what he wore and stuff i'm like poof you're really going for it which is fine i mean it's mm-hmm. no big deal to me but again i thought that that uh whole song got popular because of the video i don't know i if think got, the video is a big part of it i don't know if it got um, popular because of the music no, it, the music, um, it's, it starts off, it's kind of soft, like really easy listening, kind of invites you in. And then it, it, there's a gunshot and it turns very dark and almost, um, angry. And so there's this real contrast to the, the two different parts of the song. Right. And I, I mean, I mean, it, it obviously, you know, you're going to react to that. No one's not going to react to that. If you play a nice, easy listening song. And then all of a sudden there's a gunshot. I mean, it's going to, people are going to just naturally respond to it. But to me, that doesn't make it a good song. It's not, it's, it's not to me good music. It's just shocking. It's like shock. It's like shock. You know, when they, you know, it's like a shock version of music. It's like, I'm going to invite you in with some easy listening. Then I'm going to play a shotgun going off on the track. But that's I mean, what he wants. He well, he wants yeah. to evoke an emotion. So you know, yeah, and he does. But I sure. mean, it's kind of a cheap way to do it. Sure, but he also only four, and the song you only have four minutes to do it. So I guess you gotta do what you can. But again, I don't. I listen to death metal music, so I don't judge people's music at all. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about the bad movie you watched, or do you just? Ah, really I can just touch on it. I saw quick. Den of Thieves, uh, Gerard Butler, crime drama film. Um. I had heard it wasn't that good, so I've, I've put off watching it for quite a while. But I do like crime dramas, and I finally saw it. And um, it, it's it's not great. And most of the film felt pretty cliche, and it doesn't really get interesting until towards the end. There's some twists and things, um, which is typical with these types of films. So, um, I mean, overall, it's it's pretty bland. For, for a crime drama, pretty bland, pretty, pretty typical stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's who else was in there with Gerard Butler? Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. That's, that's Ice Cube's son. <coughs> Pretty much looks exactly looks like, just like him. Yeah, um, he played him in the Straight Outta Compton movie, right? He did. Yeah. Gosh, I, I mean, I get it; they're related, but man, you watch him, you're like, holy crap, we could just like him, right? Yeah, he's in this one. He has a pretty big part in it. Um, I, I heard they're doing a sequel, which no way. I'm I'm Gerard Butler. Far as I know, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's just, basically, it just feels like a very traditional crime drama. Gerard Butler, he plays this cop that uh, he's kind of, his relationship is like on the rocks or whatever, which I just felt cliche. Like, what? Of course it is. They didn't really seem to serve the story or anything. It's just like, we got to have him as like his. He needs to be sympathetic. A little sympathetic. Yeah. And, uh, I was kind of laughing because there's like a scene where he's he's at the um, he's at the crime scene and uh, he's he's eating food. Like, why are these cops always eating when they're on the job at the crime? I mean, I guess it's to show that there's their work they're workaholics. They don't have time to sit down and enjoy a meal. But right. he's like he's got to be eating and he's like throwing them leftovers like on the crime scene like isn't that contaminating the scene like he's just chucking don't you love that on like every movie even in the highwayman that was part of it but how many movies have you seen where they where the the cop walk and ruins the crime scene like either by picking something up and they're like what are you doing and they just give the look and they're (laughs) like i can do it it's like this 
Everybody knows it. It's such a movie cliche. There's no way people just walk. And I love how easy everybody just can walk right into crime scenes. You know? Yeah, they lift the they tape. Lift the tape. Like, uh, like every security guard. Why is cop, the tape there? People just walk, walk in. Like every cop knows every cop, no matter what affiliation they are, yeah. can get right in. And I love it when they screw up every movie. Screwing up crime scenes. And I'm like, I feel like this is definitely hurting what you're doing. But yeah, funny. Yeah, I mean, towards the end, it does kind of start to get your attention a little bit because there are some twists and things, and you got to kind of do some puzzle solving. And it, but it's it's no better than any other crime drama that you've ever seen. So I don't know if it's on TV for free. Maybe, maybe, maybe tune in towards the middle somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just skip. Well, you know, the time you know sometimes you see a movie and. Catch it on TV, you're like, oh, it's already 40 minutes in. Maybe I shouldn't watch this it. This is probably a good one to, this is a good one to catch do. 40 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, no, I think that's it this week. I know, I'm not sure we have coming up next week. We'll have to just kind of put some stuff together before the week after with the big end game, three hour marathon. So, uh, yeah, a little one more in between there, and then we'll be back. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, thanks for listening.